This is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mike Graber provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. It's great to have you join us uh, today. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Today, we have part two of my conversation with Maya McGinnis. Uh, For anyone who maybe uh, missed last week's part one, Maya is the president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, and you can listen to part one uh, by uh, visiting our website, Compass Retirement Advisors, LLC. Uh, com and click on the radio tab and you can also find retirement talk with mike graber uh, by podcast on apple and spotify uh, maya's uh, team uh, is a bipartisan group in washington dc that works to address federal budget and fiscal issues that includes the national debt deficit unfunded liabilities you know many of the things that we talk about regularly here on our show uh, her team provides uh, high quality research and objective policy analysis uh, for lawmakers of both parties. They do meet regularly with members of Congress uh, and their staff. Uh, they host uh, policy briefings, and their mission is to offer practical solutions that could achieve bipartisan support with the goal of placing our country back on a sustainable uh, financial uh, course. You know, last week's show generated a lot of conversation. I've received uh, several messages from listeners um, and uh, who are concerned. And uh, if after you uh, listen to today's show, you have any concerns, please reach out to us here at Compass Retirement Advisors. My direct line is 812-787-0809. Uh, it was just a great uh, show last week, and I know you won't be disappointed and uh, we're looking forward to uh, part two today. But first, let me bring in my uh, co-host, uh, Tony Shore. Yeah, great to be here, Mike. And uh, yeah, last week's show was great. The first part of the interview with Maya. And so I'm really excited to hear what she has to say today. Well, Tony, let's jump right to it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's part two of my conversation with Maya McGinnis. She's the president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget in Washington, D.C. I, I know that um, we had Senator Braun on a few weeks ago, and, and he, you know, obviously he's from our neck of the woods here in, in southwest Indiana. And uh, he was talking about a debate he had with Bernie Sanders on modern monetary theory. And, and it seems that there is... Uh, more, f- um, maybe a, a favorable response growing in in uh, Washington as to uh, we can print uh, as much money as we want and, and it's not going to uh, create uh, more uh, issues for us. Uh, are, are you seeing that philosophy taking hold more and more in, in Washington that uh, we can actually uh, uh, go the way of uh, the modern monetary theory philosophy and, and things are going to work out okay? Well, sure. Unfortunately, there's always the mentality here in Washington that if somebody's trying to sell you a free lunch, somebody's going to be willing to pretend there's such a thing. And we've seen that in arguments that tax cuts pay for themselves. To be perfectly blunt, they absolutely do not. 
And now we're seeing that in this crazy argument that don't worry, we have the printing press so we can just print money. If ever there were a disaster of a theory, it's the one that says, don't worry about paying for anything, just print until you see inflation, at which point it's too late. So it's basically saying, wait until an emergency is upon you to do the right thing. And that is not how you should run a country. But there are all too many politicians who will say to themselves and their constituents, listen, this policy is so important. I can't be bothered by having to figure out how to pay for it. Especially in this political environment, we're trying to pay for anything is met with so many objections and attack ads. And frankly, we, the voters, don't insist that, that our folks pay for things. If we did, we wouldn't have this huge debt. And so people believe these absolutely made up theories. And it is just when it comes to federal budgeting, it is just true that if something sounds to be too good to be true, it is. There are very few free lunches, really none that I can think of. And this is how you get a country into big, big trouble saying, don't worry, don't worry about inflation. It's not going to happen. And if it does, we can fix it on the fly. That's not how it's worked in the past for this country or others. And we should not be taking those kinds of risks. And the people who are peddling those theories are doing so because they support their certain policies. Uh, and it's going to get us into real trouble if politicians continue to believe that. Well, I know I know that we've seen uh, inflation, you know, ticking up here and, and it actually has gone up quite a bit from from this time last year. Is this the the onset of uh, maybe a, a more serious uh, inflation uh, picture. Um, you know, the word that uh, was being used early this year was transitory. I think that's kind of being taken off the table. But um, is this onset of inflation something that we should be concerned about? Or uh, is it, uh, as some are saying, the prices are going to start going down again next year? What, what do you guys think there? Yeah, we, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I know that I tend to be cautious and that when you start to see an uptick inflation, you monitor it closely. We are and the Fed is. That's good. There is a chance it was just short term, but it's appearing to be more likely that it's not. Um, and that means we have to be starting to think about how we're going to respond both with monetary policy and fiscal policy. But if you wait too long to get ahead of inflation, it becomes a self-fulfilling problem, right? So if this gets priced into wages and labor market issues, it could become much more difficult. And it's not entirely a surprise. We flooded the market in our COVID response with more money that then was needed at the end of COVID borrowing. And I am a big, big proponent that it was the right thing to do to borrow to help get us through the COVID recession and emergency. But the final bill, we borrowed more than the gap between potential GDP and total GDP said we needed to. And there was a risk we were going to create inflation from doing that. We certainly have. I did believe it was smart to be more cautious than not. Um, sorry, more aggressive than not in terms of fighting the pandemic. But there was nothing that called for a $1.9 trillion bill. That was so far, many multiples in excess of what we needed to do. And I think it is not surprising we are seeing this, this inflationary problem right now and it's a real issue and of course also with the supply chain issues this makes a lot of things more difficult right now that are causing us to think long and hard about how do you run a global economy where we see that in global emergencies we have new level of dependencies on other nations that leaves us vulnerable to their supply chain issues and the fact that we aren't manufacturing a lot of our own goods so it also brings up other issues about 
what products do you want to ensure that you are manufacturing domestically so that you have access to them when you need them? Okay, um, let me ask a, a couple of questions um, so I make sure we cover um, a, a wide area here. I know there are several proposals uh, being mulled around in Congress with this package that's under consideration. Uh, I saw one yesterday that really kind of took me back. Um, I, I've seen a, uh, I think it was uh, Tim Scott commented on it and, and others about a proposal to actually tax unrealized gains. You know, that's kind of like taxing profits before they actually exist almost. Uh, I think it's part of the wealth tax uh, discussion. And um, you know, maybe that's a, an outlier. Maybe it's something that is seriously considered. But can you speak a little bit, uh, Maya, about some of the things that you're seeing in this current discussion that um, maybe are, are more concerning than, than others as you guys uh, keep a good watch on what's happening, you know, in, in these negotiations. Well, sure. The biggest concern that I see is that we are considering spending trillions and trillions of dollars taking kind of gimmicks to make those numbers look smaller than they actually are. And those gimmicks mean, oh, we're going to put this policy in, but just for one year, and then we'll figure out how to extend it later when everybody's planning to keep it extended. So that's kind of a fake Sunset. We saw that around the tax cuts too. Let's talk about expiring to make it look cheaper than it really is. And so they're not really making the bill smaller. They want to talk about trillions of dollars of spending, but nobody wants to pay for those trillions of dollars of spending. And so you're going to see nobody's going to like any of the pay for policies. People never like tax increases or spending cuts, but we need them to get rid of our national debt. And we need them if we're going to pay for new policy. I shouldn't say get rid of our national debt, bring our national debt down. We need them if you want to pay for something. That's how budgeting works. So say how you want to pay for it and then let the country decide whether that trade off is worth it. So, yeah, there are these new proposals about a billionaire mark to market tax. Basically, I think it's pretty untested. I think it's getting rushed through. I have no idea how these details would work, and I'm not convinced at all that they will. But I know that we're doing this too quickly without really understanding the details. But I will say the hard part about budgeting is figuring out how you pay for something. And if you want to cut taxes like we did under President Trump, or if you want to raise spending like, like President Biden wants to, how are you going to pay for that? And I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, the policy because we'll all disagree. Some people like tax cuts, some people like spending increases, some people like defense, some people like social programs. It's okay with me that people like different policies. But what isn't okay is to say, I like it, but I don't want to pay for it. And in fact, I want my kids to pay for it. And that's the problem that we get into when nobody's willing to pay for anything um, in a legitimate way. So when we hear, you know, on various news channels, uh, quotes coming from the White House that this is all paid for. What what are they telling us when they say this is all paid for? You know, it's interesting because I think the president actually got credit, gets credit in that he said, I want this paid for. And he put out a big plan that would have paid for it. Now, people are probably going to hate those pay fors and people might not even like all those spending. You know, nobody I'm not saying people like the details, but he said, I want it paid for. And he put what, out a plan what, to pay for it. Yeah. What are some of the things that maybe he was willing to do to pay for this? Can you give us so, a couple, two or three? Yeah. So he was talking about repealing a lot of the corporate tax cuts and individual tax cuts that went through in the Trump era. He was talking about taxing capital at higher levels. 
Uh, he was talking about closing a number of existing loopholes. And what's happened is that Congress has watered down those pay-fors. So now there's people who don't want to raise the tax rates, who don't want to repeal the tax cuts, who don't want to tax capital more, who don't want to, there's something called the tax gap, which means there's about $700 billion a year we don't collect in taxes that is owed. And so the question is, what could we do to start collecting that before you raise new taxes? Can you at least collect the taxes that are owed? So President Biden had a proposal to do that, but Congress doesn't want to do that as much. So the problem is once it's gotten in out of the White House, and I'm not saying they, you know, that they had a perfect plan, but they had plan where the numbers paid for things. Now in Congress, you're seeing that part get watered down. And so now we're looking at a lot more borrowing. Now, when the president said this is totally paid for, he's not naive. <laughs> he knows these folks in Congress and he knows they don't actually like paying for things. So the question will be, does he stick to it? Does he say, I'm vetoing something unless it's fully paid for? And if you were willing to say that, I'd feel a lot better because right now I'm worried that the pay-fors get, get watered down and the White House goes along and passes it anyhow, even though they promised it'd be fully paid for. Okay, so let's go on down that line that uh, the paid-fors get watered down, um, the spending uh, gets approved, the president signs, uh, and we, we add on uh, a trillion or two trillion. Um, is that gonna be the end of, of the spending or what do you think is going to uh, you know, maybe a hypothesis a little bit in the crystal ball. Is that the end of this type of attitude towards spending? Or are we going to be right back doing the same thing uh, next year whenever uh, Congress is, is is you know, looking at, at programs and spending? Where does this end, Maya, I guess, is my real question. How long can we just continue to pretend that um, there, there there's not a day of reckoning coming um, I don't understand that in the, in the politician's mind, you know, that we can do this and we can continue to to print and borrow and print and borrow and push it out on our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and we kind of have our heyday here while we are uh, going through uh, this life, but leave all the consequences to someone else. At what point uh, does um, you know something happen? Is it whenever China does something or we lose the world? Uh, reserve uh, status, um, or is there hope that before we get there, uh, something will um, you know bring some reason and some sensibility into uh, these spending habits? That really is the magic question, and it's one of the hardest things about this issue, which is picture this: basically, we have a debt bubble economy. We are able to go along because we keep borrowing more. And it's a game of like musical chairs and nobody knows when the music stops and how it's gonna hit us. And we don't, it's not a certain level of debt. It's not a certain amount of time. And it's not even any one thing, uh, a state's pension plan going bankrupt, China not coming to our auction, um, interest rates going up on their own. It is just basically that once you're in a bubble mentality like we are where we are not strong because of fundamentals. We are strong because people are saying, well, you know, other people are lending to the U.S., so I'm not worried about it. But if there's any sign of change, I'm out of here. That means that if there's any little thing that happens, this could take off and the change could become devastatingly quick. Markets could plummet. Rates could go up. Inflation could hit. China could take action. 
There could be a war somewhere. There could be a cyber attack. Like we don't know, but the weaker your fundamentals are, the more any one of those emergency situations turns into a crisis. And so I think the key word about our debt situation is we have made ourselves dangerously vulnerable. And we have done so in a risky world where really tough things happen all the time. And I would like a leadership that is really focused on making sure the U.S. is strong as possible in the face of it becoming an increasingly risky world. And that is not what borrowing trillions of dollars does. In fact, that does quite the reverse. Well, we, we share those concerns. We've been trying to inform and educate our listeners and our clients uh, on this debt and deficit and spending unfunded liability issue for uh, quite some time. Uh, let me wrap up here our conversation, Maya, by asking about resources that uh, are available through uh, the, the Committee uh, for Responsible Federal Budget. Uh, I know that you have uh, uh, some tools there. Uh, how can uh, our listeners uh, get in, in touch with that information, um, subscribe to newsletters, um, uh, fill us in on on how they might be able to to glean from your your organization. Well, I love that opportunity. Thank you so much, because I do think we have some great tools. One of the things that I worry about on this issue, and I do thank you because I know you do care about it and you're, you're educating people. And so, you know, the same frustration I have, which is this is a tough issue to get people to care about. I promise that anyone who studies it is going to come away worried, but it seems dry and boring. It's not, but it's hard to convince people instead of worrying about your student debt or healthcare costs or your next job or saving for retirement or what I'm worried about, saving for college, all of those things. We also need to understand how important this overall issue is into the fundamentals. But so one of the things we've been doing at um, our website, which is CRFB, Committee Responsible Federal Budget, is I love interactive tools. And we've built a bunch of them with some partners where you can take your qu a quiz about the budget, you can figure out what your budget personality is, you can weigh in on how you think our budget should spend money and how you should raise money. And what I love about these tools is one, they're meant to educate people. So they have real numbers, you can trust us, they're not partisan, we're not pushing an agenda, but you can get the legit numbers there. Two, there's no right or wrong answer. You can want bigger defense. You can want smaller health care. You can want huge taxes. You can want no taxes. Like there's a space for everybody, but you've got to see how they all add up together. And three, I really want to start crowdsourcing this stuff because I think Congress is not listening to voters and voters aren't sharing what they think enough. So we're collecting what people, if you, if you will share your answers with us, we will deliver them to members of Congress. This is what your constituents are saying they care about. This is how much they think we should borrow. This is how they think we should pay for things. These are the biggest changes in the budget they want to see. These are the things they like. We are collecting that. And I really hope and encourage people to go. Hopefully you'll learn something. Hopefully you'll share your ideas. We can share your ideas with members of Congress and we can get them to start caring about this issue as much as you and I do right now. Well, we, we hope that's the outcome. Uh, I know that um, a lot of people that we talk to are, are somewhat oblivious to uh, the, the debt and deficit issues. Uh, so it is a, a mountain to climb to get people to pay attention to, to what's happening. Uh, I so much appreciate the work that, that you and the committee are doing. And, um, you know, there are 
uh, people from uh, Indiana here, our own Mitch Daniels, who serves with you uh, with uh, the committee and uh, most of the people here in Indiana obviously know uh, of, of him being the, the governor here and Purdue University Connections. So, um, you know, being fiscally responsible, being wise uh, with uh, our approaches to uh, our, our taxpayer dollars and where they're being spent, uh, those are, are all things that should be important to all of us. And on my side of the, the business, we're trying to help people plan for their retirement and you know, what types of planning uh, contingencies do we need to be ready for uh, whenever uh, the Congress decides to address these issues, if it leads to higher taxes or, and changes in some of the programs. Those are critically important issues to us. And uh, we're uh, at least somewhat comforted to know that people like yourself and those at your committee are making a genuine effort to, um, you know, educate, raise the issues, and uh, trying to speak with some reason to uh, members of Congress about uh, actually paying for things uh, as we go. So, Maya, again, thank you uh, very much for joining us on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. We hope that uh, we can have you back again sometime, maybe after the first of the year, and give us an update and uh, let us know where things are post all these discussions that are going on. So thank you so much, Maya. Sure thing. I'd love to come back and join you. And also, I'll just say a final a final thing that we do track the fiscal heroes, the people who care about this the most. And other than Mitch Daniels being about one of the greatest fiscal heroes uh, there is, he's a great co-chair, both your senators are on our list of fiscal heroes. And it's, it's, a hard, it's hard right now in Congress to do the right thing. So we really like to give the shout outs to the members of Congress who are working hard to bring some attention to this issue. Well, that's, that's, that's great. We really appreciate that. And Maya, we do look forward to talking with you again uh, soon. Um, and again, keep up the good work uh, for all of us who are out here uh, across America. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Uh, I must admit, uh, the information Maya shared these past two weeks should be a wake-up call for, for all Americans. Uh, yeah. I can't thank uh, Maya enough for uh, setting aside some time to, to visit uh, w- with us here in, in Southwest Indiana. Um, and remember, everyone, you know, the purpose of having her on is not to scare anyone. You know, our mission here at Retirement Talk with Mike Graber is simply to inform and educate our listeners regarding issues that can have an impact on uh, our financial well-being as we prepare for retirement. If we're already in retirement, uh, maybe it'll pose some questions that we need to uh uh, have some conversations about, um, you know, the information that Maya shared, you know, is an important part, you know, of our mission here at Compass Retirement Advisors. And uh, I also want to remind everyone that you can access uh, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget and take a look at uh, some of the work that uh, Maya and her team has done. And you can do that at CRFB. Dot O-R-G. Uh, remember, everyone, you can give me a call at 812-787-0809 if you have any questions about your personal retirement income plan. If the information uh, that Maya presented over these last two weeks uh, brings about any questions in your mind, uh, don't uh, hesitate. Give me a call. You can also uh, access information on our website, Compass Retirement Advisors, LLC.com. And uh, again, uh, we'll be back here next week. And uh, Tony and I are going to take a a little deeper look at some of the information that um, Maya presented. Uh, We'll we'll 
tear that down into smaller pieces perhaps and discuss that. But uh, until next week, again, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we hope that some of the points that Maya made uh, are helpful to you as you uh, plan your uh, retirement journey. Until then, be well and stay safe. Join us again next week for another edition of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at compassretirementadvisorsllc.com. Investment advisory services provided by ChangePath LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc., and ChangePath LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.